And thank you so much for being here. We are so thrilled that you are here. If this is your first time, welcome to Bayou City Fellowship. You know, when someone comes to a church for the first time, I think they're asking two questions. Number one, are these people normal? And so if you are sitting next to someone and it's their first time, please be normal. Please have good people skills. Uh, That would be great. Make a good impression. Uh, Are they normal? And then the second and most important question anybody asks when they come to a new church is, what is this church all about? And if you're here today and you're asking that question, I just want to say we're a very simple people here. We are a family that is very, very serious about Jesus. And we want to serve as many people as possible in this city in his name. And so uh, please come and be a part of what God is doing among us. If you want to take your Bible, turn to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. How many of you are wearing something this morning that uh, you got for Christmas. Uh, watch, cologne, shoes, shirt. Yeah, and, and, yeah, that's great. That's what Christmas is for. It's asking for things that you want and uh, that you need. Um, my in-laws do Christmas in the most amazing way ever. They just make a huge deal about it, and I'm so lucky to be a part of their festivities. And years ago, I've been around for a very long time now. Years ago, one Christmas, my mother-in-law said, why don't you give some ideas of some things that you might like for Christmas. That would make it easy, you know, and I wouldn't have to guess what you want. And so I thought maybe this was a trick because, you know, I didn't want, you know, to be too demanding, like, oh, here's exactly what I want. Please do not deviate from the list. That would be the last thing on earth that I would want to do. And so I really wanted to be careful. And so I thought, well, instead of, you know, giving a bunch of ideas to this first year, maybe I'll just give one. Here's one idea. And it was fantastic. I show up at Christmas. It's super fun. And you get the one thing that you asked for. It was really great. So then the next year I thought, well, I'll do two things. And, uh, and then over the years, it's transitioned where now I ask for more things than any one person on earth could deserve, want, or need. And uh, I even put the links in there. How sick is that? That I find the things that I'm interested in online and I put it in a document and I put the links on there so that all she has to do is click on it and then boom, it's at their house. That's fantastic. And then at the end, of course, because I'm a, 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 a nice person, I put no pressure, right? So it's like... Here's everything that I want, but no pressure. So this year I asked for a lot of different things that I, I wanted. And, um, but there was one thing that I was looking forward to the most. And I didn't need it at all. I just wanted it. 2014, I got a truck. And so in 2015, I needed a new pair of boots uh, because I live in Texas. And I have an old pair, but I wanted a new pair. And so I found some online. And I was really pumped about them because they were a discount. So I thought that was at least a nice gesture. Uh, you know, since I'm asking for these very specific things, at least I didn't get the most expensive thing. Amen? Right? And so they were cheaper than all the other ones, but they are exactly the ones I want. So I put the link in there and everything. So Christmas morning, we show up at their house and, um, you know, everybody wants to snoop in their Christmas pile. Everybody does. But as an adult, here are the rules. You're allowed to snoop, but you're not allowed to touch the gift. That's where you cross the line. If you touch the gift that's wrapped and shake it, then you're acting like a child. But if you just try to x-ray vision it, uh, then it's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And so I'm trying to guess which one of these things uh, are the boots. At, by this time, it's all that I really remember asking for on the list. And so I'm trying to size up the boxes. And none of them are really looking like what I thought. But I've never owned a pair 
from this brand of boots. And so I'm excited and I'm trying to guess which one it is because I want it to be the last thing that I open up, right? So that my peak enjoyment of Christmas is coming at the very end. And so, uh, so we're opening up presents and having a good time. And I open up one. It's not the one that I thought, but I see this logo on right here, right? I see the logo. This is the logo of the boots that I wanted. And I was, I was so pumped. I'm like, yes, I got the boots. This is so exciting because I sent the link and she clicked the link and it was awesome. And then uh, I opened them up and, uh, man, I was so excited. So what I had done was I had put a link to a child size nine <laughs> instead of an adult size nine. My poor mother-in-law was wrapping so many gifts. She didn't have time to look in every box. And so I've not worn them yet. <laughs> and then like, as soon as I got them, I was like, this is why they were cheaper than everything else, than the other ones. This is why less leather. They needed less leather. Uh, so... I can't part with them, though. I have the receipt, but uh, I've grown fond of them. Um, I think I'm going to hang them from my rearview mirror, you know. I think that would be sweet. You know, the new year feels a lot like that to me. Um, you know, we stand at the beginning of a new year every year and say, uh, this is what I want this year to be like, and, and here's what I'm hoping for, and here's what I'm asking for, here's even what I'm praying for, and... Uh, most years, you go, well, I, I kind of got what I wanted, but not exactly. It, it sort of came to pass, but not maybe in the way that I was expecting it to, or maybe not even the way that I would have planned it to be. In fact, for, for me, most of my New Year's dreams, resolutions, hopes, and prayers often end up being a tradition because it's every year a tradition in delayed disappointment. Isn't that how most of our resolutions and commitments and big ideas for the year end at some point? Maybe it happens, but it hardly ever happens the way that you, you want it to. And, and this year, I, I want to just try something different. You know, a couple of reality checks for us as we stand on the, the, at the beginning of 2015. Number one, you have no control over whether or not this is a good year or a bad year. You don't have any control over that. Now listen, somebody has control, but it's not you. Right now, there's somebody on planet Earth that has the power of 2015 over your life. It's maybe a son or a daughter, it's a spouse, it's a, it's a boss, it's a manager, it's an employer, it's a coworker, it's an employee. Some, somebody in their hands right now is the control of whether or not you have a good year or a bad year, a strong year or a weak year, whether it's a banner year or not. And if you don't believe me, then just ask yourself, do your years keep getting better and better? Was 2013 better and stronger and more fulfilling than 2012? Was 2014 easier than 2013? And if the answer is no, then you know that the control over your ear is not in your hands. Reality check number two for me 
and maybe for you, is what the scripture says in James chapter 4, when James reminds his readers that we need to be careful about saying, this year I will do this and I will do that. I will buy this and I will sell that. We need to say, God willing, we will do those things because our life is like a a mist. It's like a vapor. It's here for one second and then it just dissipates. It disappears. And so as we stand at the beginning of this year, we need a little reality check that maybe all of our, you know, banners and declarations and resolutions are a little premature. But I think it's important to gather ourselves to think through what we want the year to be like. I think that God puts a freshness and anoints it with a certain amount of readiness each year. And so maybe this year you you have a word that you're speaking over yourself and that's a great thing. I've seen a lot of that on Facebook and other social media things, you know, people saying this is my word for the year and that's great. And uh and, and what I want to do today is maybe just add a word to your word of the year. And I think the word of the year needs to be today. I think that maybe instead of thinking of the next 365 days, my life would be a lot more influential and significant if I just concentrated on today. That's what I want to show you from the scripture. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 8. It says, but do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. Now, this is a loose quotation of Psalm chapter 90, verse four. And what it's saying in both places in Psalms and in here in in second Peter is that God's perspective on time is different than our perspective. We have to abide by the rules of time. We have to follow the instructions of the clock, but God does not. He stands outside of that. And, and to him, uh, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years goes by just like a day. And specifically in this context, what it's talking about is the patience of God concerning our salvation. So if anybody would say to you in this calendar year, I I can't believe that you serve a God who would send people to hell, then you need to remember God's patience from this uh, verse and the verses following when it says that God doesn't want anyone to perish. He, He doesn't want anybody to to, to be away from him, but he wants everyone to come to repentance and to everlasting life. Meaning God has offered a tremendous amount of, of, of time for us to receive Christ um, because he doesn't abide by time. And so his patience is, is different. But whether it's in this context or a different context, Peter says this is just a fact that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. So here's what this means for us, I think, this morning. That today is really important. If today is like a thousand years, then the potential of today is off the charts. The potential for significance is unrivaled if one day today is like a thousand years. But if a thousand years goes by like a day to God, then we don't need to feel a bunch of anxiety and pressure about today. So it's both. It's today is really significant. It's like a thousand years in heaven, but a thousand years goes by like a day. So I don't need to worry and carry an unusually heavy burden about today because it goes by like a thousand years. 
So he says one day is like a thousand years. I want you to imagine what the world was like a thousand years ago. So in 1015, just picture right now what life was like for people on planet Earth a thousand years ago. Can you get the mental pictures? I'm just going to give you three seconds. No, your mind is empty. You know why your mind is empty? Because we have no idea what was going on then. We skip from Jesus to Christopher Columbus in most of our history. We got Jesus, we got his worldview, and then we get Christopher Columbus because he had a nursery rhyme attached to his, you know, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. So we pick up in that year because there's a rhyme. Everything in between, a little vague. And if you're a history teacher, I apologize. But do better, you know? I don't know what to tell you. I'm just kidding. Jokes, jokes. These are jokes, people. Jokes. We have no idea what it was like a thousand years ago. But think about what has happened in the last thousand years. You know, A, we went from no air conditioning to air conditioning. Amen. Uh, We went um, from no indoor plumbing to indoor plumbing. I mean, think about all the changes that have happened in the last thousand years. And the scripture says that today is loaded with the same amount of potential as that thousand years from God's perspective. So today is really important. It's important because it has significant spiritual potential. Turn a few pages to the left to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says this, so we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. So it says that our outer nature, meaning the outer us, our bodies are wasting away and our inner nature is being renewed day by day. That that phrase renewed, it could be changed to transformed. It could be changed to sanctified. It means on the outside, you are looking less and less like yourself But on the inside, you should be looking more and more like Jesus. That's God's resolution for you. That's his resolve for you in 2015 is that you would be renewed on the inside. What? Month by month? Week by week? No. Day by day. Now, if you'll notice that most of our resolutions and commitments for the new year... Go to prove that this verse is wrong. To prove that our outer nature is in fact not wasting away. Most of us are trying to get back to a earlier version of ourselves. This week I needed to renew my driver's license. And so I I didn't want to stand in the long lines. And so I drove way out into the country to Hempstead. I went to their place and I had all my documentation. And so it's finally my turn and I go... Stand up there, and this nice lady is uh, helping me, and, and so she takes my old driver's license. And, and the last time I got a driver's license picture, I was uh, 20 years old, so it's been a long time. And, uh, and I was, you know, I mean, I'm incredibly handsome now, but you can imagine even more 
how handsome I was then. Just nice head of hair, no glasses, you know. I even had a tan. It was in January, but somehow I had a tan, just really looking sharp. And so it kind of broke my heart to part with that picture, if I'm going to be really honest. And so she takes it, and she's inserting all my information into their magic computer there. And, uh, and then it came time for me to take the new picture. And so I'm kind of downcast about it, honestly. And I go and stand against this very blue wall. And she says, uh, don't blink, and you can smile if you want to. And, and so I debated about whether or not to do it. I think I ended up doing it. And, and so I come back, and they take your fingerprints, and they're typing more in the computer, and then they mail you your new driver's license, but you get a, a paper version of it printed out. And so she reaches up off of the printer, and, uh, and there's my new driver's license on this piece of paper. And then she looks at my old driver's license, and she goes, you've changed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your service to our country and to me personally. It means a lot to me. That's true for all of us. You know, I'm no longer 20 years old. I just had a birthday. I'm 34 years old and I'm never going to be 20 years old again. But there is a tremendous amount of pressure on us to get back to beta versions of ourselves. The you that we used to be. But that causes a tremendous amount of anxiety. In fact, most of the anxiety and worry and stress that you will experience this year will be from pressure to undo this verse. To prove to yourself and to somebody else that your outer nature is in fact not wasting away. That it's getting stronger. But you are arguing against the word of God. That's why this is going to be a hard year for you. And listen, I have significant compassion for you ladies. It's not fair, this world that we live in where a man can get more and more distinguished, but uh, the world and society and our culture tells you that you peaked uh, however many years ago, that you peaked when you were 18 or you peaked when you were 21. That is not fair. But I just want to speak, I think, if I can, um, on behalf of those who love you and care about you, that they don't want the 21-year-old you. They want the healthiest and wholest version of you. I think that should be the goal this year is to not be a 21-year-old version of me, but to be the 34-year-old version of me that's healthy and whole. Now, ladies, you may say, well, man, my husband, I think I can speak for your husband, that he wants the healthiest and wholest version of you not an earlier version. Now you may say, well, my husband's actually told me that he preferred the, and and if that's true, I I just, here's what you need to do, ladies. If your husband has told you something like that, you need to say to him, darling, I want to take you out for a real nice steak dinner. And so uh, I'm not going to tell you where we're going. I just want to take you out for a nice dinner. It's on me. And so get him in the car, you drive. And on your way to the, steak dinner, stop off at a marriage counselor because he needs help. (laughs) He needs some serious help. So most people are not like him. Most people love you the way that you are. And just listen, just because you are healthy in your diet and exercise does not mean that you are healthy. Are you whole and healthy? So let's for this year, resolve to be us. This year, I want to resolve to be 34 and not 24. 
So what are we saying? Let, uh, let ourselves go? No, we're not saying just to let ourselves go. What we are saying is let your old self go. Because it's not coming back. And to try to get it back is going to be an exercise in futility because you are working against the grain of the word of God. But the good news is, is that you are looking less and less like yourself. But ideally, you are looking more and more like Jesus because your inner nature is being renewed day by day. First uh, Thessalonians chapter four or five, I can't remember off the top of my head, says that we are being sanctified through and through. So we're not talking about surface level renewal. We're not talking about doing more of this and less of this. We're talking about a renewal that comes all the way through mind, heart, and soul all the way through. This is God's will for your life this year, that day by day, you would be sanctified through and through. Today also holds some significant ministry potential. I mean, imagine what it was like to wake up and be Jesus. Now, let's not just say, well, he was the son of God. And so he had a lot of uh, things at his fingertips that we don't have. Philippians chapter 2 says he emptied himself of those things. And so I think that we need to give him more credit that he was more like us than we think. So imagine waking up like Jesus and, and wondering to yourself if he did. You know, I wonder who I'm going to meet today. I feel like God's power is in me to heal somebody. And it's the Sabbath. And I know technically I'm not supposed to heal anybody on the Sabbath, but... And I wonder if I'm going to meet anybody who, who needs to be healed. I, I wonder if he thought, I wonder who I'm going to meet today that through my words of encouragement, I can restore their countenance because life and somebody else, religion will just have crushed them. And, and, and maybe I'm going to meet somebody where my words can encourage them. I mean, think about the potential that he woke up with every single morning. Compare that to the potential that I wake up with, which is I'm going to wake up, I'm going to get ready, I'm going to sit in my car, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to sit in my car again, I'm going to come home, I'm going to have dinner, then we're going to put the kids to bed, then we're going to sit in the living room together, and then one of us eventually is going to go, well, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and then we'll both go to bed, and then I'll wake up and do the same thing over and over again. What if this year our big resolution was to make eye contact with people? To stop and acknowledge the humanity of someone else. And instead of just letting them pour your drink over your shoulder, you stopped and said, how are you? What's going on with you? And they're like, I'm great. And you might say, are you really great? And they might say, yeah, I'm really great. And you could say, well, I'm actually not having that good a day. What are you doing that I'm not doing? And now suddenly you're in a meaningful conversation. Or maybe you say, are you really great? And they go, well, actually, they're like, tell me about it. And now you're into a meaningful conversation that has a tremendous amount of potential. Some of us need to slow down. We're rushing right through our opportunities and then we're blaming our schedules. And we're missing out because today has significant potential. But it doesn't have so much potential that it needs to scare us. Because 2 Peter chapter 3 says that a day is like a thousand years, but a thousand years goes by like it's only a day. I want you to turn to two places. Turn to Genesis chapter 1, the very first page of your Bible, and then what may be the very last page of your Bible, Revelation chapter 21.
Genesis 1 says this, In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Have you ever wondered why God created the sun and made its rhythm to come up in the morning and go down at night? I mean, I think we understand why God created light. It says that the earth was formless and void and was dark. And so he needed to light things up. But why did he create its rhythm? Why didn't he just put the sun in place and let it just shine all the time? Why do we need night? I think Ephesians chapter 1 Verse four helps us with that when it says that God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That means before Genesis chapter one, what we just read, you were already in the mind and in the heart of God. And he foreknew you. He looked over time, which he is not bound by and and said, I want this one to be in my family. I want this man to be a son. I want this woman to be a daughter. He chose you in Christ. And and maybe you're right now on the fence about whether or not you should become a follower of Jesus or not, whether this is for you. And and you're wondering if you should choose God or not. And what I want to say maybe is we're thinking about this differently. Maybe we want to honor God's choice of us, that he loved us enough and he foreknew you and he saw you and he thought about you. Maybe this just isn't, isn't just about you, what you want and what I want and what you need and what I, I need. And so God put the sun in its place to come up in the morning and down at night to mark time until your redemption. He chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world so that you would be redeemed. And so the son is marking time until your salvation, which started with Jesus. Day begins, day ends. Day begins, day ends. Until we get to Jesus. And Galatians tells us that at the right time, Jesus came and was born of a virgin. Lived a perfect life. He was crucified on the cross. He was resurrected from the grave and he ascended into heaven. People started to put their faith in Jesus for the salvation of their sins. But the son keeps coming up and it keeps going down. It's still marking time, leading us to this place in Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. It says, I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. That means when Jesus returns, which is what this is talking about, and he's made a new heavens and a new earth, and there'll be a new city of Jerusalem that comes down. When we're in that city, you won't need to go to church anymore. You won't need to go to any place to worship God because you can go straight to God. He'll be there. Jesus will be there. Verse 23, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. So when Jesus returns and he restores everything, new heavens, new earth, new cities, no temple, he's going to retire the sun. 
The son no longer has a job. It will be well done, good and faithful servant, but you can retire now because the glory of God will now light up all of the new creation. And the glory of God doesn't take a vacation. It doesn't need a rest, so there's no longer night. And at this point, the son can retire and its rhythm can retire because God is no longer marking time. Because on this day, a day that's still ahead, all of God's purposes will be fulfilled. All of his promises of redemption will have come through. And you will be fulfilled on this day. You will be content on this day. You will be happy on this day. There will be no part of you that is left in wanting on this day. Which here's how it relieves the pressure on 2015. We don't have to make 2015 that day. This doesn't have to be a year where all of our wildest dreams come true. This doesn't have to be a year that is uh, empty of anything hard. This doesn't have to be a year where everything falls exactly into place. That day for those who believe in Jesus is coming. It is sure. There's no question mark about it. But it's still ahead. Maybe this is the year that we start shifting our thinking from God, will you make all of my hopes and dreams come true now? To Jesus, will you return now? For a people who are wholly committed to Jesus, we are very often content to be away from him. And maybe this is the year that we more than ever would long for his return because that's when we will be fulfilled. That's when those promises that God has made to us over and over again will be completely fulfilled and have come to fruition. 2015, hopefully, is a banner year, and we'll pray that way. But there's no pressure on it to make it something that God has not intended. So maybe let's worry less about the year and worry more about today. Let's worry less about what this year will be and worry more about what today will be because it has a tremendous amount of potential just waiting for us. So God, we put today in your hands and we ask that you would make today a significant day of inner renewal and sanctification we pray that you would make today a significant day of ministry. Lord, I pray that you would give us for the rest of the day the ministry of eye contact. That we would slow down and we would see the people in front of us. Because anything can happen today. Because today is loaded up with a thousand years worth of time. So Lord, entrust us with responsibility, but relieve us from the burden. In Jesus' name we pray.